Welcome to Naja Reviews. I'm Brian, your host, and today, since the universe decided that I've done too many horror comedies, we're going to watch a movie that has a stupid name like Zombieland, Steakland, but has maybe two jokes in it, and the rest of the content is just about as serious as you possibly can get. It's a good change. So there's only two people I recognize from something else. The bartender in one scene, like towards the middle of the movie, is in the video game slash interactive movie Until Dawn, which is about Wendigos. I do not know his name or anything else he's in. The more important actress in this movie is Danielle Harris. Now, she's in Halloween 4 and I think 5, but she doesn't talk in 5 because she's like traumatized. And she makes a return to the Halloween franchise in uh, Rob Zombie's 2 Halloweens where she gets brutalized twice. But hey, if you're going to come back to the franchise in a Rob Zombie movie, that's bound to happen. But while I was looking her up to know how to spell her name, I noticed that she's the little girl, I'm assuming, from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, which is a blast from the past and probably isn't that good, but I feel like I need to rewatch it after figuring that out. As for a synopsis for this movie, it's it's a vampire movie where a hunter is trying to get to basically Graceland, and we get to see that journey. Now, for the objective and subjective reviews, uh, they're pretty the same this time. Like, this was a good movie, and I think y'all should watch it. That's not to say that it's perfect, and I don't have any gripes or anything like that. My personal gripes are some of the stock sound effects they use for the vampires. There's the big cat one, like a tiger or a lion, which just seems out of place for a humanoid. And another sound effect that I didn't like, and I don't know what it's supposed to be, but if you've ever played Fable, it's like a death throw sound from one of the creatures that you fight a lot. So it sticks out like a sore thumb, in my opinion. But if you don't have that reference, then it's probably not going to bother you at all. That's just my thing. The other thing that was kind of like a... Oh man, <laughs> I can't tell you right now because this isn't the spoiler section. So if you want to know what that is, you gotta wait. And I'm gonna straight up give you guys a warning. If you hate narration, then you're not gonna like this movie because the narr or the main character narrates most of this movie. I mean, it's from beginning to end, but it shows up so often and it makes sense that it does. So it, I mean, I don't mind narration, but if you do, it's gonna piss you off. But it's during like, slow spots or travel scenes when two characters wouldn't actually be talking to each other especially these characters which we'll get into in the overview part and the situation they're in it's a desolate wasteland of the u.s i mean not apocalyptic like mad max but most of the world's population is either a vamp or dead with a few pockets of living people this movie has it doesn't pull its punches i mean they'll cut away from say a killing but they show so many killings that it's probably budgetary but even if it isn't budgetary it's fine you don't have to overdo it in a movie we get the point but there's some, we're going to say, disturbing imagery, and it's a very bleak movie. But they help that by showing um, moments of levity, not like comedy, but our main characters not just in the thick of the shit. I can explain more later. It has one of my pet peeves in it more than once. And I say pet peeve, it's not really a pet peeve. I can watch just about anything when it comes to horror, and it doesn't really affect me that much because my brain says it's fake because it's fake, and then I can get over it. But the imagery of uh, babies to toddlers being 
harmed, we're going to say, for right now, even though it's much worse than that. That kind of stuff is in this movie, so you're going to want to have to look away or suffer through it. I'm not going to dock points on this movie because it had something that shook my core, because in my opinion, that's what makes a good horror movie. It pushed my boundaries, and that's what I like about horror. We don't get that nowadays in new horrors because they forgot that stuff that you're going to think about for days and days and days is much more effective than a loud sound and a jump scare. My opinion, jump scares don't do anything for me at all. I haven't, I've jumped at one jump scare in a movie since I can remember and I let it happen. I knew it was going to happen and I let it happen because it was a creepy scene and they needed, they needed that. But that's not this movie. Probably won't do a review on that movie, but it was underwater. It was all right. But now that that's over and it was rambly because this movie isn't just like some comedy where I'm going to laugh about blood spray spraying over somebody, because that would do this movie a grievous misjustice, because they're trying to be serious, and they made it work. So we're going to get into the overview now, so spoilers from here on. It opens up on an open road. Desolate, open road, no cars, no nothing. Then we get a car drive by, and it follows that car, and then it it goes on to our main character. His name is Martin. He's probably like a 16-year-old kid. And this is when the narration starts. He starts telling you about how fucked up this world is. And then we meet Mr. And it's not just one of my stupid things. His name in the credits is Mr. You never get to hear his real name. And he, you can tell that he's a hardened character. He's no slouch. Then you hear some uh, disturbance in the trunk. I'm going to tell you all now. It's a vampire. But y'all could have figured it out if you watched the movie called Stakeland where the cover has a skull with fangs on it. Just saying. Martin tells us a little bit about his backstory. This movie does a weird thing, though. It makes it feel like we're watching something from way back when, but it was literally like three days ago. It it confused me the first time through. Well, it confused me at the beginning, and then I realized it towards the middle. That's all it did. So don't let that trip you up. It's like, for some reason, that got me. But So this is a flashback of how Martin got into this car, basically. So it's a rainy night, and his family who is a dog, mom, dad, and a baby that I don't know if is a boy or a girl. They're fixing this car so they can leave. You hear on the radio that they're talking about this disaster, this virus, these things to not go out at night, things like that. But these aren't your Dracula vampires. These are more like the ghoulish kind, where they're kind of like undead. They're like zombies slash vampires, but so they're like dumb, but very strong and drink blood. That's the kind of vampires we're working with here. We'll get more into that later on. The dog runs off. Martin goes out to get it. It's nighttime, by the way, if I didn't say that earlier. And you hear the dog die off screen. (laughs) Then you hear and see his mom and dad getting attacked. Like his mom gets thrown through a window and then pulled back in. Martin goes to run up there and Mr. just tackles him. And he's like, take this gun. If you shoot me, I'll kill you. Let's go take care of this. Because Mr.'s a badass. And he don't take no shit. Forgot to bring this up earlier, which I wish I would have done for people that don't listen all the way through. This movie reminds me of Dark Tower, Stephen King. Everybody knows what that is that knows anything about Stephen King. I've only made it through three books. But Mr. is kind of like a Roland character. He's got his own code he follows. They're not said, but... You can tell he has his own code he follows. He's respected by the general public for his job. He has a special kind of currency, aka vamp teeth, that lets him get amenities and things in settlements. And he's got a plucky young sidekick. His name's not Jake, though, but he's not really plucky. I just wanted to say that. Uh, so I think they... I'm pulling this out of my ass because I didn't feel like doing research because that's not what this 
podcast is about, but they probably took some inspiration from the Dark Tower. So they go into the the barn that they were fixing the house or the car in, and you hear a baby crying. This is when we learned that he had a baby brother or sister, and they're using the flashlight to look around. It's a it's a good scene, and then pans up, and we see a vampire chewing on a baby, and he just as soon as he sees the two new living things, he just drops that baby like it's nothing and attacks. Like I said, hits me deep. I don't even have kids, but seeing them get brutalized uh, fucks with me a little bit. We have this fight, and we get to see that Mister is a straight-up badass. He's, like, punching the vampire. He, like, slams him under the hood, and then the vampire kicks him, and he does, like, a flip in the air and lands on his feet. Well, he doesn't do a flip in the air. He gets kicked way back, and he lands on his feet. So, we know he's a badass. He stakes the vampire, but he can't get it into the heart, so he makes Martin hammer it home. Martin helps in this fight, too. He shoots the vampire, gets him off kilter. That's how they can get the stake in. Then we have sort of like, now we're back up to speed, because Mr. takes Martin under his wing, and the reason they have a vamp in the trunk is to train Martin, keep wanting to call him Jake, how to take out these vampires. So he gears him up, opens the the hood and we get to see martin he does a pretty good job for his first time not gonna lie we get more narration talking about avoid the cities because that's where the high population is so a high population of people is means there's a high population of vampires and it shows some imagery of like rioting and these things attacking and things like that during this part this movie's not for the fan of heart guys and gals they know that the u.s is basically desolate now of people but then we get to learn about some of the vamp types the regular ones like the one in the barn which would be like a not a new vampire but not an old one either but they find a dead berserk berserker as mister calls them they're an ancient one not ancient but one of the first to turn when the the epidemic hit and they have certain adaptations their uh chest bones and stuff have been hardened and enlarged. So you can't get a stake in. You have to take out the base of the skull because there's two ways to kill these vampires. Hit him in the lizard brain or stab him in the heart. That's the two ways to take him out. You slow him down with guns, but unless you shoot him in the right spot, they're going to keep coming. They Mad Max out their car because why wouldn't you? But then the next time you see it, it's like, uh, I think it's just to sleep in. They Mad Max it and they take all the stuff off in the morning because you see it later and it's like a convertible all of a sudden. Also, Mr. brings up different, brings up that there is different, uh, mutant vampires but we only see four types in this movie and we'll get to them when they come we've already gone through two so there's only two left to go so that's how math works uh they get to a town and not any other it's a walled off town like most of the towns uh there's a strict check but since they find his stake the attitude changes like they're getting shaked down and he's going with it because he knows the flow of the world more rolandy type things but as soon as he sees a stake the guy's like so how many have you killed and he shows him the bag of teeth they get let in. Apparently vampire hunters get special privileges. Which makes sense since, you know, they're the ones fighting the good fight. The boy gets checked by a doctor. By the way, vampire teeth are valuable, so he gets to spend it. Nobody else has vampire teeth because not hunt vampires. This is when we learn that they want to go north because there's less vampires. It's a place called New Eden. And one guy's like, there's no vamps up there, but there's cannibals. And Martin and Mister are like, yeah, we'll take the cannibals over the vampires, thanks. Because at least they're not, like, super fast. And I'd assume that they're more predictable because they're people. And you are a people. So you'd be able to predict what stupid shit we're going to do. <laughs> Here's another terrible scene for you guys. They left the town. And then you see this nun run across the road. And then you see these two guys chasing her with their pants undone. I bet you could put two and two together. With a nun, they tricked her, saying that they're Christian boys. They're 
part of a cult called the Brotherhood that comes up later because of this scene right here. Spoiler alert. Uh, but Mr. Ain't having done that shit. He fucking stakes a guy, gets out of the car, doesn't say nothing, stakes a guy down on the or he, he incapacitates a guy, I can't remember how, and then he slits his throat, and then he takes a metal, like, cross thing, and flings that shit, stabs the other guy in the back out the chest, and then just leaves him there as a statement to not be a rapey piece of shit. And then he goes and gets the nun, who I'm going to call Sister, because I can't remember her name, but it would have been Sister something anyway. Uh, and she's freaking out. She was only supposed to stay with him for a little bit, but then she just stays the whole time, which is fine, because this is turning into like a caravan, instead of just two guys going north. They hold up in a motel, they set some traps, this nun vampire comes up. I mean, she doesn't look like a nun, but Sister is like, that's Sister so-and-so. So she knows who it is. And they like put blood on a toy bear and tie a string to it to lure her in because he's a vampire hunter. He's not just defending himself. He wants them all dead. And we never know why. The movie makes a point to point it out and then doesn't tell you what it is because he's mysterious. It doesn't talk very much. No nonsense kind of guy. But she's a bit chubbier than the other vampires they fought. So they can't get a stake in her heart, a regular stake in, like through the back or whatever. It's at night. They're having a hard time. But finally, they, they kill this vamp. And uh, Mister gets a little bit personal with it, which upsets Sister. But she doesn't hold it against him because emotional moment. And she realizes that he's got his reasons and whatnot. They run across a cult of sorts. And that's the Brotherhood. And they're catching them on purpose because now they just made a giant enemy. Jebediah Loven is the name of the leader. So we're going to call him Jeb. So they've twisted religion to suit them it's one of those kind of things which makes sense in the state of the world that they're in so they take the nun for reasons we talked about previously and the boy as a worker probably going to try to induct him into the cult but he's a free-willed mad fucking kid so we'll see how that goes whose family died like three days ago i don't think he's gonna take shit from a cult so they bind up mister and then just give him a torch because like in the last vampire movie we did they shy away from most light i mean that other one it got hurt by him they're just it keeps him at bay but it's a flickering light so they'll come in go for the attack has his hands bound or tied up gives him a torch and just drives off so mister's got to fight five I believe vampires with his hands tied by torchlight but he's one badass motherfucker because when the first one jumps at him he sticks the rope that are binding his hands in his mouth bites through the rope fucking breaks it stabs that one in the heart right there and then we don't get to see the rest of the fight but the aftermath is later this is where it's the next day and the nun gets forced into a tent. That'll show anything, but implied. It's not cool. And they tell Martin to go get some water for him out of the creek. It's a good thing that Mr. taught Martin how to survive in the wild because his plan is to get to the car, get all the weapons, come back, and save Sister. He runs across where Mr. was and all the vamps are dead. He killed all five of them with a stick because he's that badass. He gets to the car right at nightfall, and he's getting chased by a vampire, and he mans up. He's going to fight this thing, but Mister's in the trunk of the car, opens up, grabs him, closes it. They come up with a plan. They go through the, the back seat, and they uh, run this vampire down. They're very resourceful. I like this group of people. They only do one stupid thing, and it's way at the end of the movie that you're like, why would you even do that? I even said it. I'm like, don't do that. But we'll get there when we get there. Martin wants to go after the cult. Mister is like, yeah, we'll think about it. And they go to this bar. I'm sure it's part of a town, but they don't go into the town part. They resupply. 
this is where that bartender is, and this is where Daniel Harris comes in. Her character's name is Belle, and she's pregnant. And young girl, young boy, obviously he wants her to come along. Um, but this is one of those moments where we get, like, a moment of levity. Like, we just got all that horrible stuff. They go to a bar. Daniel Harris is singing in this bar. And it's just like, I mean, the song's probably depressing, but it's just like a moment of, like, we're humans again. Let's let's be okay for a sec. They get to a house. They're going to hold up for the night. This is another one of those levity. They have like a dinner at a table, feel human and stuff. But they notice a scamp up in the attic. And a scamp is a kid vampire. And I'm going to give credit to this actress that I don't know what her name is. She was a very good, creepy child vampire. Like, she was childlike and intimidating and scary and creepy the way she moved. And they didn't get ridiculous with the makeup like they do with some of them. So it was just like a dead girl with fangs kind of makeup. And it's it's really creepy. And it's so creepy that Martin just, he can't bring himself to fighting her off, for lack of a better term. But Mister comes in and pretty much body slams her down and talks some sense into Martin. And Martin does the deed, takes out that scamp. Now we see that they're actively tracking the cult. Stay in their distance, viewing them from afar. We see a Santa vampire, and Kid's, like, good at bow and arrow now because he one-hit-one-kills this thing. And the reason the vampire was standing in the middle of the road is because we meet a new character named Willie. He's ex-military. He got... I think he got bit, but he's not infected or whatever. And the Brotherhood cult left him there to die. And this is where we get some information about the world and how the vampires destroyed the military. And we learn that the Brotherhood has at least one helicopter, which will be important later, so a scene isn't super stupid later, and you're like, what the hell? So just know that the Brotherhood, the full cult, has a helicopter. So they trick some of the cult members because, you know, Belle is an attractive woman, and they like women. They call them good stock, so it's just to breed more cult members. But... She distracts one of the guys, and uh, the rest of the team murders them. And they dress up like the cult members, and they go into the camp with Jeb. They ask where Sister is, and she he's like, ah, she ran off. The good guys here do some real bad shit. So they take out all the guys. They don't show it, but you know that that happens. And then they tie Jeb to a tree and cut a cross in his back right before nighttime. Because a vampire can smell blood for miles. They move on to this checkpoint town. And it's a it's a very peaceful town. In a very shitty area. Because this is where the Brotherhood patrols. And we have some good times for a long time. Party. They're accepted. I mean, they don't have their weapons. That's confiscated. But that's just to keep the peace in the town. But friendly folk. They meet up with a uh, sister again. She's She made it to this town. But when they're having this party at night, you would think that the party would draw on the vampires, but no. Helicopter comes in. It's the Brotherhood. And they have vampires and they throw them off into the, the town. And it just wrecks the town. Ten die. You get to see little girls dead under a sheet. This is, it's horrific. The leader of the town tells Mr. the way to go to avoid the Brotherhood because he respects their group. They didn't do anything wrong. They know it's not Mr.'s fault that the Brotherhood attacked the town, or at least he doesn't blame them for it because they tell him earlier they had a run-in with the Brotherhood and they took care of it, so he understands. This whole town's a great town, so it makes it even worse when you see that shit happen to it. So they're on the road again, on the road again and the car dies and that sucks now they gotta travel on foot they make it to this car lot which apparently has no running cars because well even if it does have a running car a bunch of berserks attack and they have to run off into the cornfield and sister gets separated and she runs and runs 
She shoots one of the vamps in the face, so she at least she gets a kill. And then she runs to a scarecrow that has a, a, a wreath of thorns around its head. And she prays for forgiveness because she'd rather go out than be torn up and turned into a vampire. And it's sad. Martin has trouble letting go. He still has the emotions that he needs to cast off to be a, a good hunter. Not a good person, but a good hunter. And that's all Mr. wants. You have to be a good hunter so you don't die out here and you can help end this epidemic. They're off in the woods trying to get to New Eden and they, they hold up in a bus. Everybody's having a good time, but Mr. is like, this isn't right. We're not going to be able to survive like this. We're getting too soft is the vibe that I got. So one night or morning, Mr. wakes him up. Willie's gone. They go, they, they track a blood trail and he's strung up in a tree. So they... This vampire is a smart vampire, which Mister's never heard of. It's a new one. Because he went through all the traps, grabbed him in his sleep, and snuck away instead of just doing an attack. Now, this is the part where they do the one stupid thing. They're camping out. They're not in the bus anymore because they're on the move. And the two hunters, because I'm going to call Martin a hunter now, because he can hold his own, leave the pregnant lady. And when I say she's pregnant, it's been long enough for her to be in labor pains almost pregnant. Like... Slow it down. They have to slow down. Mister has to carry her at one point in time. You see a little bit of the softer side of him, but he rejects it because he's got to stay hard or he'll lose his edge. So the two hunters run off when they see the movement and leave the defenseless sleeping pregnant lady next to the fire as if that's good enough protection. So Belle gets taken and Martin isn't having any of this shit. He's going to track this vamp down and he's going to try to save Belle and kill this vampire. Mister's like, he's leading us on. What are you doing? And he's like, if he is, he is. I'm going in there. That's when we learn that the smart vampire is Jeb. Because he he made this religious. And when the vampires came, he, he didn't fight back. He let him drink. So that's why he feels like he's the first smart vampire that anybody knows about. And this is another misstep in this. This is the one misstep I couldn't talk about earlier. The fight with Jeb is... Is too short. It's kind of anticlimactic. Like, he's been the antagonist of this whole movie, and now he's a super-powered antagonist, and they just... He gets taken out too quickly. I mean, is it because he was cocky because he has a new power, and he feels like he's the new god among men? Yes, but I feel like they could have just done more choreography is all. But in this fight, he gets the upper hand on Mister, and he stakes his hands to the wall, so he can't move. After he... He knocks out Martin first. And then Martin comes up and just whacks him with this spike on a stick they didn't have it he just found it and jeb's like you're gonna have to do better than that and then mister's like how about this and fucking kicks his ass onto it hard and it goes right through him but now we learn that martin's hard now like he's a hunter for real because bell is changing and he doesn't hesitate this time he might apologize for what he has to do but he stakes her that means we have two dead babies in this movie and that sucks because bell was a good humanizing character for the group she saw more of like the good and everything you'd think the movie would be over by now because that's what i thought but it's not they find a truck a lifted truck it's a better thing than that car not on gas, but for an attack, it's better. They get to this, uh, I think it's a gas station that has a bunch of dead vamps outside with uh, bolts in them, like crossbow bolts. And that's where we meet Peggy. She hasn't seen a boy in a long time because she's the only one in this gas station hold up, taking out vampires when they come along. Like, it's part of her nightly routine is to take out vampires. But she starts smitten with Martin. And Mister is watching their interactions. And it's nighttime. And she just can't get a clean shot on this one vampire she's been trying. And Martin's like, I got this. And he goes outside, grabs that vampire, 
and just stakes him like he's nothing. That's when Mister's like, I've taught you everything I can teach you. Of course, he doesn't say that. He just is gone in the morning and left his necklace. Martin understands. He doesn't go to look for him. Martin and Peggy drive on. They make it to New Eden, or at least the Outer Limits, which is Canada, by the way. New Eden is Canada. So, I don't think I have much to add at the end of this one. Like, this was a really good movie. Like, I don't know why it couldn't be in theaters. Like, I understand that they probably didn't have the money for it or whatever. But this is a better movie, not just a horror movie, a better movie than I've seen in a long, long time. So, I learned that there's a Stakeland 2 when I decided to watch this one because I knew about this movie for a long time. I just didn't watch it yet. It's kind of why I started this podcast was it forces me to watch movies that I haven't seen. And I've said to myself, I should watch that someday. And then I just don't and go on with my regular boring routine. Uh, so next week, we're going to watch Stakeland 2. Stakeland, this one, is on Shudder, if you got Shudder, or Prime for I don't know how long. Because remember Decoys 2, where I watched it on Prime, and then literally within the next week, I had to pay for it. So hopefully it stays on Prime for a little bit longer. It's been on Prime for a long time, so... We're going to do Stakeland 2 next week, because this movie was good, and I hope they keep it up. I don't expect it to be as good, but I hope that it's close. Uh, That's it for this episode. When a movie I like, and I feel like they've done well, I don't really have much to say at the end. They had two stupid jokes. Like, literally, they said... This is Stakeland, and that's stupid. And then there was another joke that I can't remember, and then them being stupid and letting Bella get taken. Other than that, and the stupid sounds, other than that, it's a great movie. Those little gripes don't tarnish this movie whatsoever. So I hope you all have a good week, and we're going to talk about more vampires next week. See you then, kinda. <laughs>